Hey everybody, welcome to the CNC Replay. I'm Noelle. I'm Corey. And, and I'm we are Elaine. down. Hello. <laughs> yeah. We are down a podcast member. <laughs> and that fun voice you just heard is our first guest ever. Delaney, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and just kind of tell us um, a little bit about your sports knowledge and um, kind of maybe just how you know us? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm Delaney Disher. I am originally from Michigan, so lifelong Tigers and Wings fan. Um, went to Cornerstone and uh, recently moved out to Washington State, but still dutifully following Detroit sports. Um, played softball on my life and then also at CU. So definitely baseball knowledge comes first. Um, don't know where hockey came in, but it stuck. Um, and that's all. I'm, I'm two of the four of the big four in Detroit. So there we go. Yeah, that's all right. And thank we you were... for having me. When we started, like we were like three of the four, and we're like we know nothing about the Pistons. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, I was really like one and a half. I was like Red Wings and Tigers, kind of. So it's all a growing process. That's fair enough. But I the the super hilarious thing is we're doing a Detroit area sports podcast, and we have. <laughs> One person from Michigan, one person from Indiana, and another person all the way out in Washington State. So this is... <laughs> none of us are in Metro Detroit. Chris is our one anchor, and he's not none here. None of us, and, and he is AWOL. So, but regardless. Delaney, welcome to the show. Thank you. Wonderful Thank to you have so much you. for welcoming She's... me warmly via Twitter. She, she yeah. That... <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy that we figured out someone's <laughs> listening to us, because we had... I mean, we, we, how, how long did we spend last, uh, last episode just, like, talking about uh, Delaney at the end? Uh, you mean it? after we stopped recording? It, well, both. We'll, we'll combine. Probably total a good half hour. Okay, yeah. Oh, my God. It was so concerning to hear my own voice. Like, I, I did listen, and I was like, what, what the heck? And I had to rewind and be like, that, was that my name? Who is that? that that's so that's that was pretty me. Funny. Very entertaining. Yeah. Not gonna lie, we did go through your Twitter and some of your greatest oh. hits. Uh, oh, so no. Just between us, it wasn't. Yeah, so that was pretty hysterical, and uh, we're like, she needs to be on our podcast. Well, oh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh man, we're all about smooth transitions here. Um, yeah, what are we talking about? I don't know sports. Something like that. You were the one that created the order. Yes, I was the one that created the order. Thank you, Noel. Again, give it up for Noel, the anchor of this of this show. God bless. Um, yeah, we'll start with the lines. We're really gonna, we're pressed for a little bit of the four major content because really only one team is in season, and uh, really only one team is doing things. Um, but um, we've talked a lot about Dan Campbell on this show um, because. Um, that seems to be the only thing that the media and the Lions are highlighting right now, um, which for good and bad. Uh, first year head coach, we're all kind of on the fence of what's going to happen with him. You know, is he going to be any good, or you know, how how is he as a person? That's how we kind of been judging Dan Campbell is how is he as a person. Um, and he did a press conference, um, I think a couple days ago, and he was talking to the media, and he's like, or the media was like, or somebody asked the question like are you concerned with your lack of head coaching like experience um 
and like are you are you worried about like the X's and O's of like what you're going to do on the field? And Dan Campbell literally sounded like an average guy up there and was talking about like, hey, I don't know all the answers. That's why I brought in people who do like have a lot of head coaching experience. That's why I brought in Anthony Lynn. That's why I brought in, um, I can't remember the guy's name from New Orleans, but that's why I brought him in. Like I'm surrounding myself with people that know what they're going to do so that I can learn and I can, you know, I can teach myself and then better, you know, lead this team. And he legitimately said during this interview that I do not have all the answers. And I was like, you're saying whatever. Have you ever heard a coach say that ever? Never. Patricia would have been like, I know all the answers when clearly we know he does not. And he may not have a single answer. With Campbell, we don't know how many answers he knows, but he just told us that I don't know all the answers to all these questions. But I think it's refreshing just to see like a a person behind like the mic um, and behind the coaching staff. Because again, we went from somebody with no personality to somebody with a lot of personality, but also somebody who knows where he's at in his like head coaching, uh, you know, journey, right? He's not coming in there. He's like, I'm the best, I'm the best option for this team, blah, 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 blah. He's like, I love this team. I want to see this team succeed. I don't have all the success or I don't have all the, you know, the background or, or the experience, but I do have, I do have a great staff that's teaching me these things and also, you know, bettering myself as a leader so that I can hopefully bring this franchise back to its glory days. So I'm like, at the very least, I think everybody is starting to like Dan Campbell as the person. And I'll compare that to, uh, do you guys know who Devin Gardner is? Okay. He, he was, uh, he was a quarterback for U of M, um, the same time that Denard Robinson was like, I think they were a class or two apart. Um, and he was a pretty talented, um, prospect or recruit. Um, but Denard Robinson won the starting quarterback position. So they converted him to a wide receiver. Um, and then, Denard got hurt, so they converted him back to a quarterback, and so he had to go from quarterback to wide receiver to quarterback. Um, and when he went back to quarterback, he had a good junior year, but then his senior year, he he was terrible, just absolutely awful. Um, but every time you heard him speak or like you know saw him with his teammates, his teammates loved him. He was a great leader, and even at the epitome of hatred during the Ohio State. Uh, Michigan game. It was in Columbus, uh, Ohio State. I remember this like vividly. Uh, JT Barrett was Ohio State's starting quarterback. He broke his leg like during the game and was like on the field and like like obviously distraught. And Gardner is the only one from U of M that goes over there and is like making sure like he's okay. He's talking to JT. I think he might have even prayed for him. I don't really know, but I remember seeing that picture and he's just like making sure he's all right. So I was like, you know what? You're a terrible quarterback, but you're an awesome human being. So I'm always going to root for you. So at the very least, if Dan Campbell sucks as a head coach, I'll remember that he's a he's a halfway decent human being. So I'll have I'll have some fond memories of him, unless they don't win a game in like four years. Then that would be pretty hard to have some fond memories of. But I don't. I'm I'm excited for the person at least, and if if and if you have a guy that doesn't have all the answers or doesn't know, like the ropes, you would want him to surround himself with like people that do, wouldn't you? I don't. I don't get how that's like a knock on people. Oh, I'm with you. I think even if you are somebody who knows a lot, you should still surround your people with that 
know more than you. Like, you always want to strive to get the best people around you. And I think you should be okay with in those positions to be able to, um, to be vulnerable in the positions where you're, where you're weaker, even if you don't do it publicly, like acknowledging to your, to your team privately, like, Hey, I don't know much about this area, or I need a little bit help with, um, creating these types of plays or whatever. Like, I don't know. I think it's nice to see that he's able to be vulnerable in those areas. Um, and it probably opens up his team a little bit more to be able to kind of say, Hey, what about this? Or, you know, share their ideas a little bit more willingly if they know that he's okay admitting himself that he has weaknesses. Right. I I 100% agree. And that's how, like, I mean, like, football especially, you're all taught, like, oh, this is a team effort. Like, everybody on the team's got to, you know, play their part. So why is it that we always look for these coaches that are like no i need to put this all on my shoulders i need to do this this and that you want a head coach that's just as much of a team player as like the third string running back you know fill your role do what you need to do obviously the head coach needs to have a little bit more responsibility and do a little bit more but still like if you have a guy that's just trying to take over the whole coaching staff and do it all by himself which is what patricia did because he's a loser and I could say more mean things about him, but I'm not going to because that would just be mean and unchristlike. Um, Good job. Thanks. Um, where was I going with that? But no, you want you want to have a guy that is a team player. Fill your role. Do what you do. What you can do and what you know how to do well. And the things that you don't know how to do well, you ask for help. And he literally said, "I'm going to ask for help in areas that I need help in." Like. That's what good leaders do. And I'm like, thank you, Dan Campbell. Thank you for being a great example for our children in Detroit and beyond. Washington State. Represent. Represent. So, yeah. But other than that, I mean, there's been no signings, no anything mm-hmm. on, the, on the Lions front. Like, I, like, people, like, the Lions do press conferences all the time. What do you talk about? the same things over and over reassurance that they're trying to to win something again i know it's like it's like many camps and like you have to like see if like players are developing but isn't that just like a (laughs) yes he caught a ball today like what he just he looks he looks he's in the best shape of his life ah like all that stuff so we're most 23 year olds well, that's what they say about Cabrera every year. And it's like, no, no, he still doesn't <laughs> look not. good. I will say his arms looked okay in that Raptors jersey. Well, yes, that is true. <laughs> I I did like I did like the, the jersey selection because, you know, we're big. We're big jersey people here. Um, I, I was... I was a little upset. There was a couple of Bulls jerseys. Like that's like a no-no, right? Like you can't, you can't, you can't be in Detroit and have a, a Chicago Bulls jersey, right? It was a little, a little touchy. Yeah. Who was that? I can't remember. I don't. I didn't look that close. I think I it was Jimenez, it was Jimenez because he's a bum. But <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I just. It's just Actually, no, I should take that back because I think the reason that he's he struggled is because he lacks confidence. So I'm like, <laughs> good. Yikes. Good job, kid. And as we know, 
all of the tigers listen to this podcast because exactly every single one. Delaney, I, I can't tell you how many times either myself, Noel, or Chris has made some like hot take, like oh, this player sucks. He stinks. He's bad. Okay, I will say I've never said sucks on this podcast. <laughs> okay, Continue. whatever. But whenever we've made those claims like that, like the next week, absolute tear for that player, and we're like. So and so is a fan of the pod. They've been listening, or like something like that, just to like joke. But um, it was uh, Paredes is wearing it. Oh, that's why he got, he got sent down today. That's why <laughs> the jersey specifically. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, unbelievable. Um, yeah, I don't Speaking know. Speaking of basketball jerseys, the Pistons have no news. N- zero. They're you know zero. deep in their off season. We've got we got the draft lottery next week. Uh, yep, which. We don't. I, I, do we even need to watch it? Because we know the Pistons aren't gonna. They're gonna fall to. They're gonna lose like spots. Seventh or eighth or something. Because that's going the to? Detroit way. Mm-hmm. We can't have anything nice. Because. Yep. Go sports, but yeah, I don't. I don't even want to dive into what players we could. Because I, I feel like that list has changed so much and. It feel. I mean, I guess in COVID, all of the draft lists have kind of fluctuated over the last, you know, like every week it's a new top three or whatever. Um, so probably closer, like once that happens and once we know our spot, maybe we'll do like a Pistons Detroit draft episode yeah. where we just kind of spend a half hour on each team talking about prospects. Delaney's going to be in charge of it. <laughs> yeah. You'll want to listen to that one. That's, it'll be good. Um you know, I, I I was I was looking at the the lottery rules again. Um, so the NBA had that play in tournament. So they had yep. like the the ten through seven seeds play each other. If you lost the play in tournament, you are eligible for the draft lottery. So the Pacers who had a winning record, or no, actually they didn't have a winning record, but the Warriors who were technically the eighth seed in the West could win the draft lottery in theory. So is that was that just for this year, or is that just regular? Just for this year, because it was the COVID thing. The only reason they had the playing tournament yeah. was because like they weren't sure if like teams were going to play the same amount of games and whatnot. Um, so that's why they did it, um, yeah. just to give them a shot. Um, but the Warriors, who were the true eight, but they lost both the games of the playing tournament and didn't get to go to the postseason, um, are eligible for the number one overall pick. So, so similar to what the NHL did last year, except not playing a specific play in round for it. Correct. Cool. So that's we, we know how that worked out last time. That's dumb, and I hate that because that's that. Of all the teams that don't need another high end talent, the Golden State Warriors are probably up there. Like we already have Steph Curry, who's practically the greatest point guard in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, let's let's just throw them a bone. Let's give them another handout. Let's not help the Pistons at all, because we don't want to grow this game. I, I man, I don't know why I've watched so much NBA since I've been here. Because I hate the NBA. I hate everything. Not everything the NBA stands for, but like just how it's marketed. Like it's all player driven, and I don't like that because it's like I like the Pistons, and I don't like it when my team is bad. Um, and they're like, we don't care. Go watch LeBron. I'm like, Maybe you're just fatigued because no Detroit sports get spotlighted ever. Well, the Red Wings do when they're good. Which was, when was the last time that happened? Uh, five years ago. Uh-huh. 
I don't know. Exactly. The, the Tigers were highlighted when they were good. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember. I feel like they, even when they were really good, they didn't get a whole lot of national televised games. Maybe on the weekends. I don't know. That's beside the point. Um, NBA's a joke. We hate the NBA. No, we don't. Lies. Um, but actually, it has been kind of enjoyable to watch the games because the LeBrons, the Currys, all of like the super mega stars are kind of out. And I think I saw a stat. Um, there's going to be a new NBA champion like who's never won before in the modern NBA. Actually, um, there's two. The Sixers won in the 80s. Um, and then... I think the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, won sometime in like the early, early stages of the NBA, like in the the 50s or something crazy before the three point line. So, <laughs> um, and then everybody else has not won the NBA championship. So I'm like, cool, like this yeah, is that's interesting. Super exciting. Um, we like to see that, uh, yeah. You know, because again, we're all sick of seeing the Warriors, LeBron, and everybody else winning, um, but. Uh, there was something interesting that happened last night. It was the Nuggets versus the the Suns, which I'm rooting for the Suns because Chris Paul has played in the NBA for like two decades, and he's old, and he's a Hall of Fame player, first ballot, but he's never won a championship. And the NBA blocked a trade like earlier in his career that would have sent him to the Lakers when Kobe was on the team. So they're like, nah, this team will be too good. You can't do that. So they axed the trade. So like that was crazy. Like I I don't think I don't remember another time where a commissioner steps in and is like, hey, we can't do that trade for the sake of the league, um, so we're not going to. Um, I think that's wild. Um, but he's on the Suns now, and they were playing the Nuggets in an elimination game in Denver, and the MVP from this season is uh, Nikola Jokic, um, big goofy Serbian guy. Like if you look up pictures, I actually both of you need to look up a picture of him right now. Okay. I recognize the name because I remember being like, that's fun. It's a fun name. And he, <laughs> there's a picture of him swirling around like Twitter uh, of him as like a kid, like a teenager. And he is this chubby, chubby kid, like does not look like an athlete whatsoever. But yeah, look, once you get it, tell me and tell me what you think. I mean, he looks Slavic, but I mean, he is Slavic, <laughs> but he just, he looks like he came out of. Eastern Europe. He's just the goofiest looking white guy ever. And like, and like his face kind of resembles the rest of his body. He's like lanky and like kind of, he's like, he's like lanky, but kind of chubby too. Like it's really tough. He's, I I feel like I say built like Mike Wazowski way too much, but he kind (laughs) of, he kind of is. He's all legs. Is that what you're telling? Well, him? no, maybe not. Maybe that's a bad that's a bad description. But he's like round, but not round and long, I guess. Um, but he's a dynamic center, shoots the three. Um, like is like the offense runs through him. He's got he like gets a ton of assists per game. Anyway, he was the NBA MVP this year, and he gets ejected in the third quarter because he. He wound up and tried to like smack the ball out of like another player's hand, which he did. Um, but on the swing through, like the inner part of his arm or some, some part of his arm hit like the player indirectly in the face. So like that wasn't like the like the the brunt of like the hit, but it was like an indirect thing. And so the refs like reviewed it and it's like, yep, that's a flagrant two. You're gone. And this is this is 
an elimination game and everybody was like losing their minds. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is your MVP of the entire league and you're going to eject him in an elimination game at home. Yeah. That feels like one of those things, like we would like refs to be consistent. And I, from what I know of the NBA, they typically are pretty consistent in calls and stuff. I don't know. Again, I no. No. I mean, they're refs. They're not going to be no. great. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joel. I'm, you, I'm can, s- you can call me wrong. Call me wrong, because clearly I don't know. I, I Watch watch a game with, a, like, a huge superstar, and, like, they'll get, like, an extra three steps when they're dribbling the ball. And, okay, and so, like, some true. guy comes off that the is, bench, yeah, you're right. and he, like, walks half of a step, and he gets called for a travel. I mean, like, the, I dynamically, I just, oh, man. Okay, we're not getting into that conversation. I don't um, but I, like that that call specifically feels like one of those where you just kind of let it go because of the nature of the game. Absolutely. You know, like the guy was the guy who got indirectly hit in the face. Was he like? Did he flop? Was he in pain? Did anything actually happen? Or what? he definitely sold it. Okay, like, cool. Like cool. he did get like hit soccer the- sold it. Yes. Ooh. Yes. He definitely he got hit in the face. I will give them that. But he was like, uh, uh, and like rolling around on on the court, and it's like, come on, bro. Like, okay, I will I will say that the amount of pressure it takes to push your the bone in your nose up to your brain is not a lot, so it does hurt to get hit there. So I will give him that. But if he, you know. I got that, a big. I, you're taught that in self defense classes. I don't know if anybody else has taken those, but that's how I know that. <laughs> Fun fact: Noel can beat up everybody on this podcast right now. I cannot. I love that. <laughs> she, I would you? I don't. Delaney, would you want to fight her? Oh, I don't get into altercations. Mm, yes, um, but, but no, thank that's you. Wise. <laughs> <laughs> please, please no. Oh, don't. I don't want to fight anybody. No, no fighting. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like, okay, so if he was selling it, even still, it should have been like, you know, just a regular foul, not an ejection. Yeah, uh, at least a, a flagrant one, because yeah. it was a wind up. So you give him a couple extra free throws, but like a flagrant two. Yeah. In, in this economy. <laughs> unbelievable. And again, like put any other, uh, player in that in that position like not even a lebron put a curry put a put a anthony davis put a zion who's like the next up and coming or a luca um that does not happen and i i remember seeing something too reading something that Jokic is like he gets the call most calls like against him whether it's like calls against or calls missed for him does that make sense? Like yeah. so like if he gets like hacked going in for a layup, like the refs will like not see it. But like if he like barely touches anybody, then the refs will call that against him. And yeah. it's like he's like the worst in the NBA. Like so it's like another it, that kind of adds to the narrative and it's like what's this man got to do to get your respect? Does he have to win 3 MVPs? Does he have to win back to back? Like oh, what are we doing? But Regardless, we don't have to worry about that anymore because the Nuggets are eliminated and go Phoenix Suns. Go go Desert Suns. 
I don't know. You officially have the uh, endorsement of Corey Cercina. Should I dare I say the CNC replay? You have the uh, the endorsement of them. Sure. As well, you can say that as well. Because like the the number one team in the West is Utah, the Jazz, which yeah, fun name, but kind of makes you want to dance. But do you really want Utah to have nice things? I don't care. I don't care. Utah's <laughs> not a state I think about often. Right. So we don't need to think about them. So it's fine. Regardless. Um, anyway, I feel anyways, like I'm rambling on. Anyways, Red Wings? Red Wings? Uh, yes. No. Um, there's not much to talk about, really. Um, who I did just see. So, Corey, if you want to talk about Gallant being signed to the Rangers, not signed, but, you know, uh, confirmed to be new head coach of the Rangers. Yeah. Um, as of this afternoon. Yeah, that broke, like, midday. Yeah, like I saw it was. I think I saw it was an unverified account on Twitter that I saw report that, and I'm like, yeah. "Wait a minute! I'm supposed to not trust the non-blue check marks." That's what Twitter.com told me. But then, like, more outlets were reporting that in Gallant's the the new coach of the Rangers. That was my pick for the Rangers, or not the Rangers for the Red Wings. Said it from the beginning. Stevie's just waiting to hire Gallant because they were line mates. They played together. Would make sense. Um, he has a winning record in, I think he's like 270, 219, and like 30 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's only coached for three teams. All three of those teams he's taken to the playoffs. So, um, and then so it breaks I, your heart just a little bit. Just a little bit, and then with and then he coaches Vegas, the expansion team, to the Stanley Cup final in his first year. So it's like, why wouldn't you want that? And then gets fired by them, which of course didn't make any sense. But I guess it turns out okay for them because they're still really good. Um, yeah, I, I I'm just I was upset because I feel like he was a coach that could get the most out of his players, and I think that's what. Uh, the Rangers need because they have a lot of talent. Uh, Panarin is like prob once he's healthy is probably a top ten player in the. I'm sorry, NHL. what did you call him? Panarin, 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 pa- Panarin, the bread man. It's Panarin. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I maybe I do want to fight. <laughs> Delaney, will you at least back me up or no? No. <laughs> Thank you. Because I'm correct. Uh, whatever. Then mm-hmm. fine. Do you, do you want to explain where I'm going with this? No, I don't. I just oh, okay. wanted to make sure you were pronouncing names All right. correctly. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So he's a top ten player. Um, when he's healthy, they've got a lot of young talent. They have. They just had the number one overall pick since McDavid. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, with Lafiniere or Lafiniere. I don't know if anybody actually knows how to pronounce his name. Well, it's, it, doesn't it like change in French all the time? Yep. Lafigny. I don't know. Uh, that's that sounds fun, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, they have Capo from a couple years ago. Um, he's developing. Regardless, that's what you want. You want a coach that can get the most out of young players, a young core, and that's exactly what the Rangers have, and that's what Gallant does for his specialty. And I think the Rangers are going to be so good next year. Like unreal, unreal levels of good. Um, so I'm excited to watch them because that'll be a fun team to watch. Um, but disappointed that we just can't see through the Iser plan why Jeff Blaschel was extended 
for what godforsaken reason. I don't know. But Delaney, how do you feel about Jeff Blaschel? I mean, I actually, I don't know why, but I kind of felt it coming. I was like, he's not going anywhere. I think that there would have been more talk earlier on if he actually was. But still, I saw it and I was kind of like, Ugh. I think it was at work when I read it. And I was like, ugh. My coworkers were like, is this about hockey or the Great Bear Shake Off? And so I had to explain <laughs> to them, you know. Um, but I don't know. I just, you don't hear the players like talk bad about him but it's clear he doesn't like pump them up you know yeah. they don't mm-hmm. seem to like depend on him very much they depend on their talent which is i mean like a team should you know have captains and leaders on like their actual team but i mean you kind of talked about it earlier with the lions like you need a leader who is like the face of the organization at the time so mm-hmm. i don't know it's kind of sad it's like you want better for them yeah He's kind of boring in a way. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no, like, we have Dan Campbell, who's all the personality, but then Blaschel, like, it's not like. He's Patricia, not a negative personality. No. It's like a neutral yeah. personality. Yeah. It's. Yeah. We got a winner too, but. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think it's one of those things, too, where it's like, Iserman has made all of these changes to the roster, which is obviously our egregious or bad spot oh, talent wise um what it's a word it's not we're not that bad maybe a couple years ago we were egregious but no that's what i'm saying like this season i feel mm. like the beginning of the season through the through the season like he's made a bunch of changes that have made us substantially big be- like better mm-hmm. um not wonderful but you know we're not bottom two anymore which is something god bless um and then to like go back to what we've always had in a coach just felt like stagnation somehow, you know, cause like all of these changes and all these really exciting things with the, with the roster spots. Um, and then we just bring back the one guy that we're all trying to get rid of as a fan base. Mm. So I don't know. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, do, yeah. I, I, we just, how long have we talked about this? Like, what what kind of dirt does Blashell have on Steve Eiserman? <laughs> Nothing. Steve Eiserman is a vault. <laughs> you can't you can't break the code that is Steve Eiserman. I was listening. I was listening to the Windwheel podcast uh, today, and they had Ken Daniels on, um, and he was talking about how like s- certain things would leak out of. Um, uh, various office offices like whenever he was around like you would kind of hear the chatter in in the press box and like um you would get little tidbits as as the color guys and as the play-by-play guys just by virtue of being in the building sure um and he's like and the moment steve came in that completely changed nothing has come out of that office wow nothing (laughs) and i was like listening to that i was like so this is why none of us have any idea what's going on because Steve has literally made Fort Knox within LCA. Listen, I'm all for that. That's like that 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 only helps you. I feel like as yeah. far as like like trades and stuff, which is maybe why um, the Red Wings got the return that they got for Mantha. Like you don't know at all if somebody else was interested in Mantha, but Eisenman 
built this facade. I don't know what he told Washington, held him at gunpoint. I don't know. But, like, like if you are getting no outside information from the rest of the league saying, oh, Detroit's talking to these people about Mantha, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, we don't know. There could be 30 people that want Mantha or there could just be you. Like, you better make some sort of a deal to make sure you get the guy. Like, mm-hmm. Like, it, maybe even, like, that just adds some, like, intimidation. Like, maybe he, Eisenman's not trying to be intimidating, but just the sheer fact that there's no information, it's like, ah, I don't know. What are we going to do? <laughs> so, no, I love that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I just thought that was a really interesting tidbit. So, yeah, we'll see. No information. No information about the Red Wings ever leaking from Eisenman's doors. Never. Um, We do have some information about um, Albert uh, Johansson. Mm -hmm. He was sent back to the SHL uh, today or, you know, signed back with the SHL. So he will not be in Grand Rapids. He's going to spend the next season there. Um, Mm, Interesting. Which, that's great. I mean, if Cider's here, you know, like... uh, Sorry, words. I don't know where my brain just went. That's okay. Um, if Cider, you know, he won best defenseman in the league. He is best defenseman in the league. Um, if he's removed from that situation, that leads other people to kind of step into those spots. Um, and uh, Johansson isn't going to be playing on the same team, but he will have the opportunity to kind of shine in those areas um, and develop a little bit more as a defenseman. Um, and hopefully just, you know, in the following years in 2022, 2023, that's a really hard, those are really hard years to say. There's a yeah. lot of twenties in that. In Don't that. like it. Okay. Anyways, uh, in the, not this year, but in the following year, if he comes back and, um, does camp and shows that he can play all the, all the better. I think, I mean, this... go ahead. Sorry. No, no, this is, uh, I think Eisman's done this. For every one of the highly touted prospects, he did that with Cider. Cider spent time in GR before he went over um, did it with Frolunda in the SHL. Um, and then Valeno did the same thing. Uh, he played a little bit in GR and then was over there uh, for the COVID season. So I believe Johansson was playing with the Griffins this throughout this past year, or he Mm-mm. was not? He was in the SHL. Okay, so he's, so he's just stayed. Well, regardless, I think... Maybe getting, I, I I don't know. I feel like having two different like views because every league around the world is different for different mm-hmm. reasons. So obviously the NHL is the creep of the crop, but like a I don't know this for fact. I'm just throwing out an example. The German league can be a more of a defensive game, while the while the uh, KHL, which is the Russian league, is totally offensive. Like stuff like that. So like if you get a different perspective, it looks like. Okay, if you can play well in the AHL type game and you can play well in a different type of game in another competitive league uh, across the world, then maybe you can have the best of both worlds in the NHL because the NHL is the most complete, most uh, well-rounded league out of all of them. That's why it's the you know the the best of the best. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that strategy. Um, I don't know if he's doing that intentionally, Eisenman and you know the the Red Wings brain trust or not, but I'm sure it's intentional. I don't think yeah. the guy makes a a flippant decision. You're right. So, dare dare I question? How dare you? How dare I? 
<laughs> I have been smited. Yeah. Um, so who's going to win the cup? I want Vegas to win. I want, I want the Islanders. I know you do. You want boring <laughs> hockey to win. The scrappy bunch. The boring team. You can't name me three players on that team, but that's okay because the, the rest of the league can't either. Uh, no. I don't want the Islanders to win. I'd much rather. I don't. I don't want uh, the Lightning at all. I well, don't want no, them to win. That's back to back. that's a given. I don't so want we, them to win back. So to back we either. have to have the Islanders beat the Lightning. Okay, that's fine. Vegas can still win their side. So no, nobody can stop Montreal except for the Red Wings. They're an unstoppable force. Well, hopefully they're an immovable object. <sighs> Delaney, what do you think? Who's going to win? I. I actually was thinking about this earlier today, and I was like, I think I want the Islanders to win, and I think it's just like, (laughs) I I mean, really, I have a note here. I made notes. I told you guys this. I have one line that says hockey, question mark. My brain is dormant. (laughs) Disillusionment, Kraken. So I, I said the Islanders, I think, just because why not the Islanders? You know, I don't have any problems with Vegas, but I just I've heard their name too much lately. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Sorry. It's okay. It's fine. Sorry for putting those vibes out there. No, you're allowed it's okay. to like no, boring hockey. Noel's wrong, and we're I'm right. Not. So it's no, it's fine. I'm thinking in a broader sense. I know that Vegas, as a fan base, is annoying as heck. I get that. I recognize that. But for the game of hockey, Vegas is one of the most marketable teams to the average Joe. And yeah. if they win, or if they make a good, you know, final final game. People are going to become fans, and that's what the NHL needs: is more fans, more exposure, more diverse fans. Vegas can do that. Listen, they already the Islanders that. cannot. They already accomplished that. No, they haven't. Vegas, Vegas have. Uh, have you seen any of those games? No, in Vegas. I, they're amazing, and I get that. But people don't get to see that on a grand scale because they're not on NBC all the time. They've the whole playoffs have been on NBC, Noel. Oh my gosh, Corey, you're not understanding me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying they, the NHL accomplished. You're growing. I'm, I'm respecting your point. They're growing the game part. Yes, I'm respecting that because they accomplished that once Vegas was successful right out the gate. Like they had fans that were loyal, and they had an untapped market in Vegas before the Raiders even got there. And they, and with Vegas being good instead of just existing. They have now a loyal fan base. It's like I rooted for a team in their first year. They made it to the final. And Vegas isn't going to go anywhere. Like if they don't win this year, they could very easily win next year after that because they have Flurry and uh, Leonard locked up, who are two. Uh, it would be one A and one B um, for starting goaltending. And uh, Petrangelo's there. Like their core is set. Like. They could, if they win this year, they could potentially have a dynasty on their hands. Like it's almost like as nice as it is as the uh, words as nice as it as it's in with Tampa as they've avoided the cap hell, which does not make any sense. But for the Islanders, that's your big market, New York City. What market's bigger than New York City? 
I mean, it's on Long Island. I get it. But still. <laughs> it's on Long Island and the Rangers are also there. Yeah, but still, having one. So if Brooklyn wins the NBA championship, you don't think that, uh, that the NBA would be happy about that? The NBA is an entirely different league. It's I'm, an entirely different system. Yes. You're making incorrect points. Oh, my goodness. You're I'm making just, moot points. I'm just I'm just saying, you have two huge markets there with Vegas. Okay, so maybe the answer is that there is no wrong answer because if you have the Islanders win, like Delaney and I want them to win because, you know, we're right. Um, but besides the point, um, if – that's still a huge New York market. And then if Vegas wins their new fan base, but they already established their fans for life per se, once they were good right out the gate year one. So I don't think like it will help obviously to build more fans. If they, if Vegas wins, I don't think it's going to hurt if they don't. Cause now I you're didn't having, say it was going to hurt, but we want it to keep growing. We don't want to stay stagnant. That's, well, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. For. Yeah. Okay. Crack in uh, 2022. Yeah. Can you just repeat that word one more time for for Chris? Can you just what was the name? Oh, of the, the one had? single kraken. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think that's such a funny. That was that was funny. I that was the dumbest. Dumbest. Like, that was like a tax chain between the 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 three of us. I I was like working or something, and like I had like fifty unread messages, and I'm like, what is going on? And like, <laughs> who died? I, who got fired? And <laughs> I, I was looking through it, and like my brain cells kept dwindling <laughs> as I read Chris's, Chris's responses. And I'm like, Chris, no, you're wrong. But he's that's that is a hill he has chose to death. So you have to respect his his yeah. uh, commitment. Yeah. But but gosh, man, that's yeah. That's awful. And unfortunately, I that mean, podcast episode wasn't the first time we've had that conversation. And it wasn't the last. <laughs> we had that conversation three days after we recorded that podcast. <laughs> I digress. It was terrible. And he still chooses to, to... Man, if only Chris were here, he could give his side of the argument and then yell Once at Delaney. Once again. Yeah, and yell at Delaney. And then Delaney would either just sit there or fight back because yep. <laughs> she does not like confrontation. No, Lovely. Um, where are we going with this? We're, we're done I don't know. We're we done derailed. About. It always yeah. derails us. We, we, we derailed. We did. Talk about the Tigers because yeah. we're done with hockey. Yeah, we're done with hockey. Unless, Delaney, do you have any closing thoughts on hockey? Question mark. Um, well, this is definitely something I highlighted on the internet not long ago, but since moving out here, it's been a little over a year now. The closest uh, hockey team to us here is Vancouver. That's mm. still like a six-hour drive. Calgary's six hours in the other direction. So people are pretty oh, they're both hockey. They're both that close? They're both six hours? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, because I'm up in Spokane, so it's like straight north pretty much. Um, but So people aren't really that into hockey, so people are getting really excited about the Kraken because Seattle's way more drivable. Um but, I mean, pretty detached. It's not like where I grew up was just outside of Chicago, just outside of Detroit, just outside of Indianapolis. So you get kind of a tryout of fans. you got plenty of colleges. And here, you know, people kind of are like Seahawks or indifferent. So it's kind of cool, like, looking back on all the sports rivalries back in the Midwest because it just isn't as much of a conversation out here. But I'm very excited for the Kraken. I don't – I mean, even if they're not – great off the bat like if they don't have a vegas 
first season, that's fine. I just want to watch hockey live. <laughs> I mean, you get a really sweet jersey out of it too. So I'm I'm getting a jersey. Yeah, yeah you're gonna have to be our supplier. Um, okay. Because I don't I don't know where I'm. Well. I could, I, if I tried hard, I could probably find one, but like, I don't even think you have to try hard. Somehow you just pull these websites out of thin air. <laughs> but Kraken stuff is everywhere. So I was actually, Already? I was in Philadelphia. Yeah. I was in Philadelphia a week ago, um, visiting a friend and we're out and everyone's wearing, you know, Sixers jerseys. Everyone's got Phillies jerseys on playing at every restaurant you go to. And I see a guy at some bar at wearing a Kraken hat. And I didn't oh. think anything of it because I see people in Kraken stuff all the time here. And then about a half hour later, I was like, did anyone else see that Kraken like, logo? And they didn't even know what it was. But I was like, in Philadelphia, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> that's, when you know that's when you know you've made it. Like, mm-hmm. you're talking to all your friends about this random, not random, but like, guys, did you see the guy in the bar wearing a Kraken hat? And they're like, no, Delaney. <laughs> like, we don't pay attention to that. Like, that's, that's, that's how you know. Here. That's how you know. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you're so gonna have to, gear coming your way. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to ship us like a hat or a t shirt yeah. or something. And we'll, and we'll One hat? I want three. I will pay you, but I want the three of us need hats. <laughs> mm-hmm. They probably have sweet Carhartt hats. I feel like those are big now, like the sports Carhartt hats. I feel like those are really huge. I don't know. Regardless, we're 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 going way off on a tangent, but that's okay. Um Tigers Tigers. Tigers. Uh, they're bad still, but they're watchable. So we well. love we love to see that. Um Yeah, cool stuff with them. Um uh specifically on the prospect end, the big the big boys, uh Spencer Torkelson and Dylan Dingler, which is which is every the time funniest name every time. Every time, <laughs> I, I think it's almost even better that he's a catcher. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Dingler, catcher. I was talking for, to my dad yesterday, and he goes, "I want a Dylan Dingler jersey." And I was like, "Is it because his name is cool, or because he's doing real well?" He was like, "Cool." <laughs> he just looks at you, gives you a smirk, and like, "I have my answer." You know why? Oh. Uh, but um, regardless, those guys were tearing it up, and mm-hmm. a lot of people, including myself, were really worried about um, the development of our number one overall pick, um, with Torkelson, at least, because he struggled out the gate. Um, however, uh, Tigers PR tweeted this out. They've, they're promoted to double A, um, which is the same level that Riley Green is on. Um, so basically the future of the Detroit Tigers offense is all in double-A Erie. So if you live in Ohio, go to an Erie Seawolves game because that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but they showed these stats for Torkelson and Dingler. Uh, Torkelson led the Midwest League in OPS, so on-base plus slugging. He was second in RBI, he was fourth in batting average, and he was tied for fifth in extra base hits. Um, that's good. We'd like to see that. Uh, and then Dingler also, he was fourth in OPS, uh, fifth in total bases, and tied for fifth in home runs. So um, them boys were hot down in West Michigan, or up in West Michigan, I should say, because I'm in Indiana and I'm south of Grand Rapids. So um, they're playing well. Noel, you got to see them. So that I did. was cool. <laughs> I did. Um, and what did you think? I know you talked about that. We had the pro- the prospect report, but. Yeah. 
Did they um, look comfortable? Did they look like they were they did way better? It so I've I've been to two Whitecaps games this season. Um, the first one, the boys they played really well. Um, the second one, it they struggled on the plate. Um, and I don't know if that was just by virtue of who they were playing. That game was so boring. Nobody scored until like the eighth inning. Gross. And I was like dying. Um, but I think, uh, I think Dylan Dingler's a, a pretty good catcher. Um, it didn't seem like a lot of stuff got by him. He was calling plays really well. Um, Torkelson was at third, which was different than the first game. He was at first on the first game. So, yeah. um, watching him in that position was a little, was, was interesting. Um, didn't seem like he struggled there. Shortstop was struggling. They had like three or four errors on line drives. Um, which was really rough to watch. Very good. Um, but he seemed to be doing okay. Um, I did watch him strike out twice, and I can't remember what his, the rest of his at-bats were. Um, so the two that I've seen, one was really good. The second was not great uh, offensively. Um, so I guess it was just kind of a, either an off game based on them getting pulled up. I imagine that's what it was. So... Yeah, no, but yeah, to your point, Noel, I think you could see that they were playing well and definitely did not belong in low, low minor league levels. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, and that's what we have to look forward to is the future of this team. And I, everybody made a huge deal about it. Like the Tigers did, the Whitecaps tweeted out, like, ah, oh, thanks so much, like Torkelson and. Dingler, it's like I've never seen that for any prospect for the Tigers ever. Like it's almost like, man, we know the we know the Tigers are bad, but we have to give them something. We have to give them <laughs> something to to get excited about. It's so like, okay, cool, fine, whatever. But I'm excited to see how they can go. And I know I was pretty critical of Torkelson, um, especially last year because he got drafted and then he goes into like the inter squad games and he was not very good. Um, and he also was not very good in the spring. Um, but I, I think even I'm watching I have Sunday Night Baseball on the TV um, over here. They were talking about some players like Chris Bryant um, and Francisco Lindor. They had not great seasons last year, but that was mostly due, maybe not Lindor, but definitely Bryant to a health and B, um, the offseason being the way that it was. So Torkelson comes in, plays as you know, his college ball, and then he kind of gets thrown into action, and he doesn't get that easing time of an off season, and then gets eases into spring training. Like, it was kind of like, go all the way through. Um, so that's, you saw him struggle. That was the same for Chris Bryant. And now, after they had a full regular off season, went through the full spring training, uh, Chris Bryant is playing at MVP levels right now uh, in the National League. Like, he's, I think he's got like a, like a high like 300 batting average right now um, has already surpassed his home run total from last year, which was four. I think he's got like 15 or something. Um, but it's good to see that even after a full off season that Torkelson is playing like the number one overall pick. And then Dingler too, who's our second round pick um, and a catcher. Cause usually catchers aren't offensive powerhouses, but cool to see that Dingler's playing well at the plate too. So Got to be happy about that. Yep. Speaking of catchers. Um, <laughs> Speaking of catchers. I guess I have to apologize to Eric Haas. 
and Jake Rogers. Um, Delaney was excited for a second. I don't remember who it was I was talking to, but I said like February, March, like I like Eric Haas. I think he's going to do well. And I got did <laughs> by somebody. And I, I don't remember who it was, but I would like you to make yourself known if you're listening that you did me at Eric Haas and look where we are. Honestly, I probably would have done that. So <laughs> I will, I will apologize for the thing that I, pro- it sounds like I would have done. Um, but last week, Chris and I were kind of going back and forth. He was super excited about Haas. Like I was excited, but like this guy's not good, <laughs> but, but, um, he's cooled off a little bit, but I was looking into like the deeper stats. He's got, uh, an above average, like OPS for this season. I think his OPS is like seven, 15 or something the average for the league is 705 this year so he's 10 points above the average at a position where um offense isn't necessarily the most important part of of your game because uh, catchers usually if you're not named buster posey um or joe mauer love those guys um those guys you kind of get a pass for being awful at the plate um and haas is obviously with his offensive output and his home runs, um, has been a above-average hitter, according to some of those mm-hmm. peripherals. And same with Jake Rogers, even. He had an above-average OPS as well. So, And I I hated Jake Rogers. I absolutely hated Jake Rogers because he, he could not hit when he was up here. And we had to start Grayson Griner over Jake Rogers, which in the Verlander deal – Delaney, did you did you listen to any like did you listen to my Verlander like trade rant with Avila? Did you listen to that? Uh, one? I don't think the original one. I've I think over like years I've actually heard slash seen snippets from you, so I understand the source material. But she no, can I didn't piece hear together the, the story. <laughs> oh lord, I, I I think how long I must have been going on for twenty minutes. No, it like uninterrupted. It was a lot. It, I mean, that's really bad because, A, no one should be yelling that long. And, B, I was yelling for 20 minutes on a podcast with my friends <laughs> about a team that doesn't know who I am nor cares about me. Like, like, and it's just like, that's really sad. But um, I was super critical of Rodgers because he's supposed to be, you know, this really good defensive prospect. But you have to be respectful at the plate. He was not. But now it seems like he's kind of figured out some things and shows some pop. He's had a pretty, you know, productive week or, you know, past couple of weeks. And he actually looks like a major league catcher right now. And the Tigers tweeted out that um, I think the combined catcher position with Ramos, Haas, and Rodgers, um, they have the best slugging percentage for catchers in, in, in baseball. <laughs> so, it's not a stat that the Tigers would typically be one to put out. <laughs> and uh, I, that's complete, like a complete 180, because I think they were the worst at the catcher position last year and the year before. So to see that they're the best. On my notes not? here, I did write Delaney. that Jake Rogers is a sleeper agent because kind of same thing. He came in and I was like, he can throw hard. <laughs> You know, and that was really like the thing I think they kept highlighting on in the spring. And then, yeah, his at bats were poor, but it's fun. I just, I mean, I've 
articulated. I'm not a competitive person. I am a sports liker and I'm a person lover. So I love watching sports when everyone is doing well and like you can tell they're having a good time. So lately, even though, I mean, there's still some tragedy on the scoreboard, (laughs) at least (laughs) it seems like there's like glimmers in their sparkly young eyes that they're having fun. (laughs) I I love how you, I mean, you set, you set yourself sports liker, people lover. It's like, ah, I just like it when everyone's having fun. And then you use the (laughs) score and describe it as tragic. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds, sounds a little bit more on the, on the sports love side. (laughs) Just a little, just a tad. He's still in there a little bit. It's a conflicted heart. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, what else was I going to say? Something about something about the the young guys. But yes, I I, I owe an apology to Eric Haas and Jake Rogers. Uh, I apologize. You are major league baseball players, very good at your jobs. And Eric Haas is now batting fourth for the Detroit Tigers. And I never thought I would hear or say that ever. But apparently Delaney did because maybe you should. Oh, I said I liked him. I didn't say he was batting fourth for us. <laughs> well, you did. You did say I think he's going to be good and. Look yeah. at. Uh, do you want to scout for the Tigers? Oh yeah, Al- I got some free time. Al Avila needs some help. Yeah, that was also part of that rant. I I think out of all the Detroit people, I dislike the most. Al Avila is at the top of that list solely for mm-hmm. the Verlander trade, and because my heart broke. Um, I don't know if you saw me at Cornerstone when, like that next day. You maybe you did, maybe you didn't, because all the athletes had to be on campus. Um, oh, I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember seeing your sad, sad face, but I probably felt it in the air. It was. It was so bad that my coach came up to me and made fun of me for it, because he heard that the news broke and he was like, "Ah!" And I'm like, "Coach, someone literally." My dreams died. are dead. Yeah, like I'm dead inside. Like you're just gonna make fun of me because of that. So really, I need. I needed you there to, you know, to to console me, and you know, I needed that, you know, people love yeah. aspect because my favorite yeah. player was now gone. Um, I will say my household was rather blue. My grandpa has the Verlander Wheaties box no in his way. room. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, ah, oh, ah, oh, you know. Tough. Kind of a bittersweet memories. This is a tough scene. I think I bought his Astros jersey like the next day. So <laughs> what are you going to do? Um right. I don't know. There, there was a couple other things. Um, development of the pitchers, always good. Um, in two regards, uh, Scooball leads the American League rookie, or no, he leads all rookies, um, pitchers in strikeouts, mm-hmm. like by a considerable margin. Like, I think the next closest guy was like within 20 and Mize was fifth on that list. So it's like two of the best rookie pitchers. You like to see that as well. Um, and then also some random stat. I don't know where the Fox people pulled that out of their rear end, but, um, they did, and they showed that the Tigers have three starting pitchers with losing records, but those pitchers with losing records that have the lowest ERA, three of them are in the Tigers' rotation. So it was Boyd, um, Scooball, and Urena, but I think he's off that list because he gave up like a bajillion runs over the weekend. Um, but, I mean, the pitchers put you in a, in, a, in a position to win the game, Usually you're going to find some success there. And, again, Chris Fetter, love that man, even though I don't know him personally. And that's probably creepy that I said that on air, but that's okay. Um, doing great stuff. 
specifically with young guys and then even with some of our you know veterans like Boyd who will be traded this year for a sack of baseballs because Alavila does not know how to negotiate. Um, beside the point, um, Delaney, we need to get you to the center point. Really, we wanted Delaney talking with us today because she has a incredible, incredible Twitter presence. And if you don't follow Delaney, you better because you will die laughing. Wow! The majority Thank of the time. For that. Lady, I will say her? my mom DMs me often and says, like, I don't understand this tweet. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> well, <that's laughs> your, do you re- okay, do you really want your mom understanding or the rest of us to understand? Exactly. I say, you know what? You're going to have to go with it. Let the likes speak for themselves, mom. If it's more than three, just know something happened. <laughs> it was good. It was good stuff. What's but, yes, your Delaney. username so the people can... Uh go actually follow you instead of just being like, hey, who is that Delaney girl that was on the podcast last week? <laughs> it is just at Delaney Disher. It is weird spelling. It's D-E-L-A-I-N-I Disher, D-I-S-H-E-R. Uh, not very creative and um, not hard for employers to find, but it's me. But they probably appreciate your your many sports tweets and pop culture tweets. So <laughs> oh. They're benign at least, you know? Yeah. It's a good time, regardless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let it like tell us what's your, what's your what's your shtick? What's your what's your okay. Twitter presence all about? Well, I will say, basically, there's no proofreading that goes into my tweets. Wonderful. Um, there's my very little planning. <laughs> um, but it's it's like I said earlier, you know, people love her, sports like her. So I do. I think it actually started where I really started tweeting about like. Detroit sports, um, probably two years ago, maybe 2018 or 19, I had a thread, um, two separate threads, one of my unsolicited uh, and biased opinions on individual Detroit Tigers, colon, a thread. And I added to that thread whenever I felt so inclined to make some uh, incredibly speculative statement about a Detroit Tiger I seem to like. Um, I did the same for the Red Wings as well. So Little tidbits. I think probably my favorite one didn't get the most attention, but I definitely said um, Nico Goodrum would probably let me win at Mario Kart. Um, <laughs> and I believe that. Um, Good guy, Nico Goodrum. That, that guy. Yeah. Knows. Yeah. You know, oh, Nico. Uh, but yeah, so I just like to make speculations on the players. And more recently, it's kind of branched out to other teams. I got zero attention for my tweet that Trevor Bauer has um, breaking Amish face. Um but there was other stuff going on oh with him gosh. in the news the last couple of days. <laughs> um, it's fine that that one got no attention. I know it's there. Um, but yeah, I did make a thread because, so my sister and I, uh, my sister Riley and I, um, who is an undercover sports fan, believe it or not. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we have uh, shared fondness for a folk duo who on a different podcast mentioned that the highest level of friendship is a bubby. So we now will say, you know, I mean, for example, we were both so concerned when Mantha got traded because we were like, he's still marking bubby. Like your bubby is going somewhere else. What do you, <laughs> what's that doodle player mentally? You know, your bubby's gone. So uh, bubby's highly important, but a babe is someone you can rely on someone who's kind of flashier, you know, Babe is a vibe. Bubby is also a vibe. 
Um, so I decided every time I'd watch, you know, like a Detroit player bat, I would find myself being like, come on, Bubby, or come on, babe, you got the same. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't I, know. I didn't know exactly that this, started. I didn't know that that was like a part of like, like the yes, vocabulary. I speak out loud. I think I spoke uh, Spencer Turnbull's no hitter into existence because I was like, you got this, Bubby, like mantra and uh, <laughs> saw it through. <laughs> Um, but then I was like, half of these men or, you know, a percentage of these men are bubbies and the rest are babes. So I had to get to the bottom of who was which. And I made a 40 man list that is visible on Twitter, both the handwritten and the more articulate quote Wait, did version. You, I can't remember. I know this was recent, but did you tweet out all 40? Um, you know, I did... 40 and some. I did a couple players that bounced back and forth. Um, so, yeah, the active 40 and then the ones who I was like, you can't leave out Jacoby, even though he's not been, you know, visible. All right, I know. So, sorry, babe. Like, <laughs> So he's a babe. <laughs> I think I've said that. What did I say? Actually, no. Hold on. I got to look at it. He might be the lone... Lone Bubby in the outfield. Outfielders by nature are babes. Sure. I only that say that. So walk us through. Kind of, <laughs> walk us through kind of like the criteria you used for okay. each, like either each the infield, the outfield, the catchers, the pitchers. Like what? Yeah. Kind of determined each category for you. So I. This sounds like so much objectification, and it is not. It is just the vibe that these professional athletes put off. Okay. Um. So catchers. I can't explain it to you. Got to be babes. Catchers, I think by nature, are either beefier or flashier. And both of those are kind of an automatic buy into the bubby rink. Uh, or into the babe rink, sorry. Infielders are the mixed bag. Um, I, I think I've got, I've got, I mean, Miggy, Candy, Nico as babes. Because I think it's the way they carry them, themselves. You can't make a babe list and leave Miguel Cabrera off of it. No. That is literally illegal. Um, but I think, I think you, and you can also change your status. So right now, I, when I wrote this list, uh, the uh, jury was out on Hill. Um, he has officially moved himself into babe status. Hope he's feeling okay in the shoulder, but he was flashy enough to be a babe. If you're consistent, you're cruising, you're a bubby. Um, so, yeah, I've got all my outfielders are babes. Pitchers, I think it's just the lack of time we have with them individually. So, I guess maybe the more I see you, the more potential you have to become a babe. But then also you're kind of building up your rapport. So, mostly bubbies. Dale Norris, he's on the brink of bubby status, which is not bad. Being a bubby is admirable. But... I don't know. We need to see some flash or something. I, I, I'm surprised. Wouldn't I feel like Daniel Norris would always be, like he would be at like a solidified babe all the time, regardless of on-field performance. Well, maybe Van Era Daniel Norris is babe. Yeah, and he's kind yes. of because he's That's, moved. He's yeah. grown out of that era. He's grown out of the yeah. Van life. He's gone a little yeah. bit more towards Bubby. Um, and I will say, uh, oh, who is it? My, my mom texted me. <laughs> my looks mom and so I have the most, right now. <laughs> the most interactions <laughs> about the Detroit Tigers and my Twitter presence. So uh, there's a text that's also on my Twitter 
where my mom said, does Jake Rogers stash uh, not exclude him from the babe category? And I had to say like, mom, babe is a vibe. No facial hair can designate you a bubby alone. Just like I think my words were Casey Mize's Greco profile could not save him from being a bubby. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is. I calls him like a season. Well, I, I, I love that this is a process. This isn't just like, eh, babe, but yeah. it's like, no, we have to, we it have to get down to the side. It sort of makes no sense. It really gets down to my own. <laughs> like I'm, I could make this up. I kind of did, but. Well, it's, it's your own, it's your it own stat, right? Yeah. And you're sticking to your stat. Exactly. I mean, you're, yeah. you're having guys fall in and out of categories. Like how exactly, can you, yeah. like you can't just make some. I've got roster like moves. That. Right. Like, Hey, you don't get together. You're going to be a bubby. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, I have to, I have to ask, cause I think also for, for other people listening, um, Delaney and I, and then Noel and Delaney, like for whatever reason, we can't remember the times that we've actually hung out in person. Um, I distinctly remember one time uh, Delaney comes up to me at the Cornerstone Cafeteria and like compliments my hockey jersey. I was wearing a Larkin jersey or something. And I was like, oh, that was somewhat strange, but very nice. Like, and so like from then on out, like we would like, we would like see each other in passing and like hang out. And I, and then Delaney brought up that we, met at a wedding uh one time um but i think our friendship really did take off on twitter um i think it was the killers rooted in uh yeah mr Brightside. was it that for some reason shared so much of our twitter content it was so reliable to see that chorus versina had twitting about the killers yeah that was that was a big I that was a that big at that point in my life that was a big thing but that was at school, though, wasn't it? I feel yeah. I, like I'm. I'm talking about after, because like I feel like after we graduated, <laughs> like I had saw I saw your thread for the Red Wings players, yeah. and like this kind of like the same like vibe. Like I don't think it was the Bubby or Babe, but like it was definitely like those like interesting like like tidbits like that you mm-hmm. like the like Danny DeKaiser looks like a guy that would blah 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 blah. So I yep. think that was the thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, Delaney is the funniest person on this app. Oh this gosh. Is incredible. Um, I have to ask you, what is what has been your favorite, like, like uh, I don't know, like little tidbit diagnostic or like uh, like Bubby versus Babe? What's what's your what's the, like your top five or like your elite of the oh, elite gosh. tweets? Because you know, they're there. Yeah. Oh man, it's so hard. I I've <laughs> I tweet so much. Um, shoot or shoot, oh, you know. Man. Yeah, I got. Think- I do like that Nico Goodrum one because I think it's true. I also said I think he eats a lot of peanut butter and Nutella sandwiches. Um, because oh, seems like the guy. Um, oh man. Uh, I oh remember Shane Green? Of course you do. Of course. I said. Uh, <laughs> this one isn't mean. This was just characteristic. Um, I said, I bet Matt Boyd invites Shane Green over for brunch to his house on Sunday, but Shane Green's busy editing his workout videos from his backyard. <laughs> um, I, 
Matt Boyd, if you're listening, I would love to come to brunch. I know you live in Washington, so that's that. I don't think he's going to invite me to brunch. He doesn't need that. I don't think he's listening. He's got kids. He doesn't need that. What are you talking? Noel, we've been (laughs) over this. All of the Tigers are fans of the show. (laughs) They're here. Oh, I okay. I just remembered another. I think. Um, have you ever seen when people take a cupcake and to eat it, they like rip the bottom of the cupcake off and make it like a burger? I said. Yeah, I, I think Miggy believes that he invented that. <laughs> that I do remember that. That was funny. <laughs> also, I can't. Um, I, I don't like it when people do that. Just eat the cupcake. That's the superior way to eat yeah. the cupcake. No. Oh, are we gonna have an argument on this again? <laughs> Just we'll have eat another, it. The, no, oh why, my gosh. Okay. Why, like, you already have to take the dumb paper off. Why, like, put another step? Uh, once the paper's off. Because then the off, frosting to cake ratio is better. It's going, you're chewing it up in your mouth anyway. It doesn't I don't want matter. frosting up my nose. I take <laughs> it off, flip it around, and it goes then, like a, like an ice cream sandwich. Then just put it in your mouth, and you won't have Dude, to worry about it getting on your nose. my mouth is not that big. My mouth is not that big. Well, my mouth is large... huge because it's never closed. <laughs> This is true. You don't Put shut up. Put a cupcake in it. <laughs> I would love a cupcake right now, but unfortunately I don't have any. Oh. You know, I think I've got some more cooking, though. I've got more under the hood that I haven't gotten out, so. Please, we need them. Yeah. Uh, I can't was, narrow it down to five, but. There was one where, like, there was one, I think you, like, I, I think it was a Red Wings player that, like, you were, like, you wouldn't be surprised if he was, like, secretly, like, a serial killer or, like, listens to, like, <laughs> Like serial killer podcast or something like that. I don't know which one it was. I, I don't wanna... remember either. You said something about Zetterberg that I was like, OMG, that's so true. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but he is, he like, yeah, he's, he's been undercover before. Okay. So um, Zetterberg has to be. I think Valtteri Stoppola is an incredible, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? No, oh, I think, I think you, I think we like cut off or something like that. Oh. But you were talking I was about. Say, I think, um, yeah, I think he'd be very polite. Like if you went to brunch with him, like he would have like the best table manners. So know? are you gonna do a Bubby versus Babe list for the Red Wings <laughs> in the coming season after training camp? Yeah, I think I would yeah, enjoy that. I'm gonna mark that down. I really should because they're both there. They're both Bubbies and Babes. Some of them are one another's Bubbies, you know, like Larkin and Mantha. They were they were Bubbies. One of my favorite tweets to come out of the Mantha trade um, was from uh, podcast favorite Helmeroids. Um, She's a Red Wings Twitter account, meme account. Um, And she posted a picture. You remember when they did that promotion where Mantha Larkin and um, Athanasiu were running along the Detroit River in like tracksuits? I know what you're going to say. Uh-huh. There's a picture where Athanasiu is like nearly completely faded out and Mantha is half faded out. And then the caption is all around me are familiar faces. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite tweet to come out of the Mantha trade. Cause poor Larkin's just there running alone. You know, I actually saw the same one and they were dissolving like, um, yeah. uh, like Avenger style. And it was like, <laughs> Mr. Eiserman, I don't feel so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very sad. Yeah. See, at <laughs> least if at least if our sports teams are bad, we have the best meme game mm-hmm. in the country. I although I did do. I did like the uh, the Montreal Canadiens meme. I think I sent that to you, Noel. Um, but it was the opening scene to Borat, um, <laughs> and it was just that was they good. they photoshopped the Canadian logo on Borat's face, and it just said, "I'm I go to America," and 
because Montreal is now breaking out of Canada to go to Mm -hmm. play Vegas. I thought that was, that was incredible, but still as, as far as the total package from top to bottom, no, nobody touches Red Wings memes at all. Um, Delaney, I have to, I have to get this uh, question answered. Zetterberg, is he, is he a Bubby or a babe? Oh, I'd say he's a career long babe. That, that's what a guy. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Especially in his prime, you couldn't watch him and be like, this man's either coming from or about to slip into Bubby's status. Never. Mm -hmm. No, he's a babe. He's he's a fan favorite. He's just a beautiful man. What is up with the streets? Him, Lundqvist, (laughs) Franzen. Just kidding. Franzen's great, but definitely not the same level as Zetterberg and Lundqvist. But besides the point. Um, yeah, that was fun. Um, Noel, do you have uh, anything else you'd like to add? Or Delaney, do you have anything else you'd like to add? What What would you like to say to the people? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, honestly, I don't have the feeling in me that was like, I regret saying that thing I just said so bad. And I was really going through this waiting for that thing that I said that I regretted. So <laughs> thanks for letting me get through this without regretting whatever I say. We'll call that a win. That is a one in the W category. More than I could ask for. Huge W. All right. Well, Delaney, we're so grateful that you were here to talk with us and laugh with us and um, share your your insights. Um, (laughs) I love them. They're one of my favorite things on Twitter. Um, Oh, thank you. They're hilarious. You're you're you are of of all the people at Cornerstone, man, biggest regret. We needed we needed oh, to man. we needed to I hang know. out more. It was, it's tough. So many I think times I, could have been had. I speak on behalf of Noel too because it, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. Absolutely, we have now. Just move back to the Midwest and uh, <laughs> right, or All just the are. or just hop on the podcast every other week and uh, we'll we'll do this again. Yeah, let me talk. I have words. <laughs> Lovely. I swear I know sports. I think I just notice well, things yeah, about you do. professional you were... athletes more <laughs> you brought you, what are you talking you brought up the you brought up the Haas thing and you you brought you brought up some uh some good points yeah oh. but before i could be like what an impressive on base percentage i'd be like that guy owns the lizard like i don't know <laughs> why i can put sometimes, that out of look, the crowd sometimes we need to cut through all of the stats and the numbers <laughs> and just get to the real things right like and sometimes Bobby. it's lizards Exactly. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate right. you guys letting me talk with you. Of course. Anytime. Literally anytime. Absolutely. It was a blast. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us. We have been the CNC Replay featuring special guest Delaney Disher. Um, we will see you next week. And bye from us. Deuces. Hey everybody, this is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.